and they went to a place called Shady Rest. Why would you ever name a place where old folks go Shady Rest? Is that just a creepy place for them to die? Because that's what I'm feeling. What are we talking about? There is no rest homes here at the corner of Nostalgia and Reality where we host Banter Banter. What? There aren't? Because there ain't no rest for the wicked. There ain't no rest for the wicked. And I am one of your wicked hosts, Mike. I am a host of questionable repute, Manny. And together we make Wild Stallion... Wait, no, sorry, wrong movie. Ah, oh, damn it, really? We make Bubba Hotep. No, we didn't make that one. Unfortunately, we lack the creativity and connections to make that particular film. Just running right into it, aren't you? I am. Maybe you need to introduce the stinger. We need to cram that little music stinger in there. I was going to throw the steering wheel to the left and take us down to a place where this movie is old enough to drink. That's right. Pulling something out from the past. Chug, 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 chug. You got it. <sighs> Grip it and rip it. That's right. Old enough to drink. The movie, Bubba Hotep. Original release date, 2002. Ooh, I'm not sure that's a movie I would want to drink. It's a little bit dingy, a little bit odd-colored, and reminds me of all of the problems we have without any social nets for our aging fellow citizens. It is definitely working on a few themes here. Let's go ahead and focus on that movie for a little bit. When did it come out? Back in the early 2000s? 2001, 2? So its very first premiere date was June 9th, 2002, in Cine Vegas International Film Festival. And then it had several more film festivals that it went out to. It first premiered in Belgium, March 21st, 2003, at the Brussels International Festival of Fantasy Films. Even made it to Hong Kong. If I remember, it did have a limited theatrical release as well. It had less than like 24 actual copies of the film reel that circulated around. A good old reel-to-reel. Kind of takes me right into the movie with that noise that you get from a reel-to-reel. One of the stars who plays Elvis Presley, Bruce Campbell, I remember they said he used to, while he was doing public appearances for whatever else, would travel around with a copy of that film, so part of the event could be screaming Bubba Hotep. That is super interesting to hear, because when I watched the movie... I do recognize that the film quality was, I wouldn't say poor for what I was expecting, but definitely not up to par with one of those big Hollywood films. But at the same time, it wasn't shoddy. Right. If I remember correctly at the time, 
the budget for it was somewhere around 500k which for contemporary films in its genre at the time that's about a tenth of your average light horror for older audiences film it is surprising how much they did with the amount they had to work with yeah absolutely from a hollywood perspective that is pretty much a shoestring budget to take us into the discussion of the movie the ambiance was on point they did all the right things to pull me in even though i was watching it on my computer screen i felt like i was there the initial crawl into the old folks home wow mike don't you buy into all of those ads that they've been putting in theaters nowadays how that's not how movies need to be experienced you need to drive your butt off to the movie theater and pay the theater company for its seats and snacks and inflate those release box office numbers for five hundred thousand dollars they did even better i felt like i was there i didn't need a dark room to be drawn into the tv screen they had me all about that ambiance baby yeah you feel dirty from watching it but by the same time you know that that's the intent and they did pretty well yeah there are several hidden themes when i watched it that i think it was definitely driving home and one of them it was a reoccurring statement image visualization comments left and right getting old just the where are you when you're old and what are you doing you're looking back on things you regret where you are almost at least that was the feeling bruce campbell's character elvis was given off and the atmosphere that was being given off you get that first intro with the two definitions of Hotep and Bubba, which I think it puts you right there. I got everything out of what to expect in this movie before it went any further. You get those two definitions, and then boom! The title hits the screen, and then you get that reel-to-reel old German video in black and white with them pulling stuff out of Egypt, and if I spoke German, a conversation probably like a newscaster talking about what's being found. And then you get the old folks home. And then they layer that reel-to-reel sound in when Elvis is sitting in the chair and everything seems to be moving fast and slow and choppy like somebody took that film and cut it up and was running it really fast. Or similarly, like a film that had been run so many times that particle matters like dust have kind of scraped entire sections of it. Maybe the machinery has, and it no longer plays the way it used to. It almost felt like he was having trouble telling how much time was passing, what day it was. Is this the same scene we've seen before? Is this my memory just showing... What happened yesterday, because it's that reoccurring, somebody comes in and mops. 
somebody comes in and gives medicine. Somebody comes in and gives you your water. Each day bleeds into the other because it's the same routine with no change. The bareness of all the walls. The dying man next to him who can't speak. They really sold me on despair, emotionally and physically. And you get this long buildup of that atmosphere and the characters. They just keep slowly adding them in. You get some dirty exchanges with Elvis and the daughter of the person sharing his room who dies. All right. Not much, but simple. You get the definite sleaze factor out of the Elvis character who wishes he hadn't given it all up because his backstory is he traded places with, with an impersonator and let the impersonator take his life, which they slowly tease out over the first 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And the slow buildup of the atmosphere over the first almost hour that it takes before you get to the big action scene, it does it for me. I don't know why. I guess I do know why. The ambiance. There's a scene where he steps out to the river and there's a fly buzzing around. I feel like that's something mostly missed in other films when you're doing by-the-water action, especially when you've got it in Texas. The river's going to give you flies. You're going to hear it. It's going to buzz around. It's going to be annoying. Yeah, that's an interesting thing to focus on. They did a lot with what little budget they had, and it's a very rich and detailed kind of vivid image that they paint for that, I guess, retirement home? Yeah, they did a very fantastic job setting that retirement home up. Is there anything that caught your eye when you watched this movie that either made you chuckle or made you happy? I mean, I like the buddy dynamic between Elvis and JFK. The two of them played off really well with each other. There's just some personality types. They're always going to find a buddy, and it like what happened here, given the circumstances, sure, but it seemed like something natural that would happen anyway, you know? I agree. There's something about being in a location with a bunch of other people, you're gonna make a friend, or at least an acquaintance that you talk with, and kind of what every human needs, even if you don't need conversation all the time, having someone to talk with even in the worst of situations, makes it easier to cope. Or makes you validated. And this movie is exactly that. There's two separate people, JFK and Elvis, who talk about being attacked by a mummy, and they're being basically told they're crazy, but they do research, and they find things out. And I gotta say, a quick liner that I wrote down was... My daughter came to visit me yesterday and took me to the newspaper morgue. The newspaper morgue, yeah. He went researching at the library, but he called it the newspaper morgue, because it's where newspapers go to die. <laughs> that was fantastic. Part of the reason I brought this movie up, not only is it old enough to drink, but it is far enough back in the past that I wanted to apply our location to this conversation. As we sit here at the corner of nostalgia and reality, 
looking back at nostalgia, Bubba Hotep, would this movie stand up to being released now in 2023? I personally say yes. I would say probably, but it has a few caveats to it. As to keep it simple, anyone who might be interested in watching it who hasn't yet, there's some pretty juvenile sexism and dick references. Definitely more of its era of like 20 years ago. I'm not sure it would technically get the film cancelled or make it flop. I more just think that that wouldn't necessarily play as well in today's audiences. And what are the reasons that you say that? Well, one of the pre-existing conditions that leads to a lot of the gags is the Elvis character has cancer in his wiener. And I would say while that isn't necessarily something that would break a film in today's climate, I feel the amount of time they kept going back to the Elvis's dick references just wouldn't carry as hilariously as I think it landed back 20 years ago. I can see that. Does that mean the next statement is about the guys taking the bodies to the morgue? Yeah, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Again, I absolutely believe that there are people in today's audiences that would still love a movie like this, but I can also see it rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. And maybe not to the point of getting people to, like, speak against the movie more, just enough to not attract quite as many people as it would have back then. I see your points. I may not completely agree with them, but they are valid. Not everybody likes a poop and fart joke. And those were a little more morbid poop and fart jokes. Penis and dead body jokes. And I understand that is not everybody's humor. It's not the subject matter of the joke. It's how heavily they lay it on. I will agree, especially with the second round of the nurse interaction. They definitely lingered on that scene for a bit. <laughs> yeah. And if I think about the whole plot structure, did they really need that? No. But if you cut all those out, you lose about 15 minutes, and now you're looking at like an hour and a half block on a TV program where they slot in 35 minutes of commercials. Then again, I don't know enough about the whole intent and what hit the cutting room floor. I enjoyed the film, but again, it also surprisingly has something to do with context where I have to question how it would play over if this wasn't Bruce Campbell, if this was some unknown group. It definitely helps to understand the previous work and pedigree of the people involved. Even if we cut out Bruce Campbell and it was a different actor, another lesser known actor, the preview, if retained exactly the same, it's a complete body swap, but we get the same exact acting. I would recognize that this is a campy, dark comedy yeah, like a comedy horror, which again is Bruce Campbell's wheelhouse. There is a lot of movies in that genre, and I think they've built out that style enough. It wouldn't have as much difficulty as some other movies 
outside of that genre from the early 2000s or the 90s that would for sure not translate well if released now. But that's just my sentiment. It would be an interesting prospect. We could pose a much larger argument, but we don't research a lot, so maybe not. Uh, A little piece of trivia. We were talking about it earlier before recording. The site that they used for the set of the nursing home burned down shortly after the filming of Bubba Hotep. Oh, no. Which is interesting because the cabin where they filmed Evil Dead, Bruce Campbell's, I guess, breakout role, or at least the one he's most remembered by, also burned down shortly after filming. So either Bruce Campbell is a pyromaniac, or he's got a Denethor, Steward of Gondor, curse on any old building set that he partakes in. He had a cameo role in the most recent Doctor Strange movie, where he ran a little hot dog cart, one of those push carts that they have for food service. I wonder if the hot dog cart burned down. If it did, I will be emotionally surprised that he has been cursed by the unwinking red eye of Ra. That's right. Good old poop fart joke right there. <laughs> I love how everything he said came out in subtitles in hieroglyphics. So now that we've enjoyed this movie, I want to transition to the next bit that this nostalgia took me to, which was my college years. This came out in 2002, which puts me solidly in my higher education time frame. And heading to the dorm room, buying all those cool things to fill out my dorm room. What kind of things come to your head when you think about your dorm room? What did you buy? Or did you live in a dorm room? No, I lived in a dorm room. Was that to get the college experience? Or was that because you intentionally went to a college away from your home city? So I'm trying to think if I ever bought anything that was like, oh, this will make great college furniture. Because most of my stuff really came from home slash, you know, my parents' home now. A futon to serve in place of a bed. Your spine is much more resilient at that age. Yes, it is. So it was nice to have something that, hey, it's a bed, but also it is a couch to hang out on. For me, it was posters that showed my identity. Ah, sweet. Let me show you how much of an individual I am by procuring and putting up all of this mass-produced tap that I bought. Look at all of my really unique anime scrolls that I purchased from a large corporate video company that also sold stuff that they recognized were popular, even though they were niche. You see, I had a bunch of Dragon Ball posters, but realistically, I also brought those from home, too. I'm really racking my brain to see if there was anything. They told us that we weren't allowed to have Wi-Fi in the dorms, but they included internet. So I just bought a Wi-Fi router and plugged it into the (laughs) ethernet port that had the college internet. And that was not a problem, even though their IT were like, no, you can't because it doesn't work. And I'm like, really? Okay. So did you try? No, you told me it doesn't work. And of course, 
they weren't going to police the airwaves to see if there was Wi-Fi signals coming from places, so... That reminds me of all of the free music that I acquired. <clears throat> Thank you, LimeWire. <clears throat> Mike, remember, it's not stealing if paying for it isn't owning it. And paying for it is not owning it. Although, I guess back then it was, because you usually bought it in a CD case at the bestie buy. Oh no, but remember there's that FBI warning that says that it is for home personal use only. You can't do anything else about it, even though tons of schools and churches will go ahead and screen stuff anyway. It was for home and personal use. Which I have no problem with, legitimately. But I'm just saying, it's a BS warning and really it's just there so large corporations can bully people to make examples of them to continue to digital rights squad on properties. Don't worry. There's some people out there that want to defund the FBI, so, you know, maybe that'll happen. <laughs> I did buy a DVD player for our common room because for some reason everyone had a game console that they mostly kept in the room and they would bring it out anytime we are going to do movies. Eventually I was like, you know, Walmart has them for pretty cheap sometimes. I'm just going to go and then I found one for like 25 bucks. And I'm like, there we go, now you don't have to do weird stuff to watch anime in the living room. I'm jealous of your dorm room setup that had a common room. They were apartment-style dorm rooms that had four different bedrooms that were on either side of the main living room slash kitchen area, because they were like one larger room but had that weird bar wall separator between the kitchen and living room. Okay, that is completely different from my dorm room experience. Then on opposite sides of that living room area, each side had a door that entered to a, another smaller section that had a pair of sinks and then three other doors. One of them went into the room with the toilet slash tub and then the other two doors were, I want to say, identical sized bedrooms. Basically, you had your one roommate that shared the same bathroom area with you, but then you had a living room and a separate bathroom area for your other two roommates, and that was the individual unit. Very interesting. I've had two college dorm room experiences during college life, but also when I went to a summer soccer camp, I stayed at the... Texas A&M at Galveston dorms. Yeah, I've seen that campus. Those dorms were similar to one of the dorm buildings that was part of like a four dorm building set. So to get into my college history, University of Houston has two different dorm styles. So they've got the towers, which were the different floors, but communal bathroom, communal shower, and then you had your dorm room where you shared with one other person. So it was like the bunk beds, just a rectangle box with the outside edge going to the window being the desk space. So you could split that in half, and that's how they split it, and they had your dresser's closet space there as well. Oh, man, so you had a bit more of a classical college-like experience, right? I went in and out of multiple arrangements while I was there. 
the dorm scenarios at the university I went to in Odessa, I started off in a single person thing in some of the oldest units they had, which were basically just trailer homes that were subdivided internally. So like if you had a dorm room there, somebody else had a dorm room there, but there was a wall and the only way to get to their side would be to go outside and then walk to the other end of the trailer to the other person's half. What? Unless you're the Kool-Aid man, and then you just bust through and go, oh, yeah. I'm going to say that was probably the sweetest arrangement. The worst part to put up with is that it had those tacky, like, faux wood panels that looked like wood grain. The lighting was a bit dim there, but it put you on the outskirts of the campus because those were the older ones and the ones they were more ashamed of. So I stayed there the first year. The second year, I did the four-person one. And then the last two years, the person who was my roommate on my side of the thing, we decided to buck up and pay a little bit more to get just a two-person dorm. So it was essentially a unit that was pretty much the same idea as that four-person one I described, except you cut off those other two rooms. So we still had a common-ish bathroom area. But we didn't have another two roommates to basically stress ourselves out about the kitchen and living room area. I know it's a bit off topic, but do you have any weird habits that you had to settle into because of college living? I can go ahead and break the ice to set the tone for what I mean. One of the roommates we had in the four-person arrangement that lived across the living room from us had this tremendous tendency of just constantly leaving crap out for a while he was really into like weird puzzle things so he would do one work on it most of the day finish it or essentially be done with it we'd ask him about it he'd be like i'm not using it anymore but he'd just leave it out there regardless of what it was the same thing would happen with different movies or stuff let's say sweaters or whatever that he was not wearing anymore he'd just leave them And we wound up having the conversation because luckily we were all adults enough to be able to discuss it without getting petty about it. And he would admit that his brain did not hold on to that information unless actively reminded. So somewhere between semesters, somebody who had stolen a shopping cart from one of the stores, it was much further than it made sense for somebody to have stolen it from. They abandoned it near a dumpster and it stayed out there for a about a week. Luckily, it wasn't like near the actual trash. We wound up adopting that card and hauling it into the dorm room. And so anytime we had too much of this guy's stuff all over the living room, we just toss it in the cart. And once the cart filled up, we would wheel it into the sink, bathroom, common hallway for the other half of the dorm. That roommate was totally cool about it. He'd be like, oh yeah, it's full. He'd wheel it over there. And then just, like, tip the cart over and let all the stuff fall into, like, his bedroom area. And then wheel the cart back out empty. And we would start this process again. Oh, that is wild. I was the jerk roommate for one dorm room. Which was a very old school dorm room. So it was kind of like what you were talking about with two separate rooms being connected but you're sharing a communal bathroom, so there was, like, two sinks for the four people. But there was just one bathroom. The toilet and shower were in the same space. If you're using it, you're taking it all. But 
I got lucky and was on the end. So it was a three-person room with our own personal bathroom and shower. But it was just one room. Three people sharing one floor plan with no doors. And I was a night owl. For me, having to go on comparatively to college out in Podunk, maybe we wouldn't have had such comparatively generous dorm arrangements. The thing that surprises me, because as we talked about dorm life, it reminded me of a trip that I took from Houston up to Lubbock to visit some friends who were at Texas Tech. They had a dorm room similar to my campus life in Houston in the Towers, where it was two people in one small space with like bunk beds, but theirs weren't bunk beds. They literally divided the floor in half, and so there was a bed on one side with all of the fixins, your closet, shelving, desk space, and then the same exact thing mirrored on the other side. So there was not a lot of foot walking space because it was taken up by the beds that were fixtures in the building. You didn't get to do anything other than put your own sheets on it. That was a unique experience. And that was another big college. So it is very interesting that you had such a distinctly different experience dorm living compared to three separate experiences when it comes to other large college locations in Texas. Yeah, who knew? Speaking of Texas and this still undying heat. When will danger season end? I'm telling you, Billy Joel Armstrong is having kind of a tough one this year, huh? He is most likely struggling. But if you spent all your money on upgrading your college campus dorm, then you won't have enough to donate to fighting for Billy Joe Armstrong, defeating this heat with ice. You can't prove anything. I plead the fifth. I'm not going to plead the fifth, but I am going to ask you fine listeners a quick question to take us out. What movie that came out in 2002 makes you happy that it is now old enough to drink? Listeners, is there any movie from your college age that you feel you could quote from end to end today? Nope. My brain doesn't hold that kind of information anymore. Now that I've lost some more information trying to learn new stuff about another movie, please give us a rating or click the subscribe button and start following all of our podcast episodes. I know it sounds like it isn't, but there's still always a chance of COVID. So if you feel a bit sniffly, a bit sick, maybe put on a mask and practice those hygiene steps. You know, keep your hands away from your face. If you have to, make sure that they've been recently washed and just wash them frequently. If you've been touching the weird public areas. We're also getting into... For some people that aren't in the heat band, flu season. Pick up any boosters that you need that you're missing. I know it's a low possibility, but especially if recently 
Bruce Campbell used you as the set for one of his movies, try not to be on fire. Or get a fire insurance policy. Follow us on our social media, Facebook at Banter Bantercast, Twitter at Banter underscore cast. You can find me at Mike8Time on the Twits. You can find me on Twitter at 8BitWizard. The 8 is Roman numerical. Or you can find me, your boy Manny, at BrogarCRE. This year's art was provided to us by Valeria on Instagram at Valerian underscore root. Link in the description down below. Show us some love and support. Our intro and outro theme are Caravan Bowser by Flexstyle and XPRT Novice. And you can find them over at Overclock Remix. Give it a listen, yo.